0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for checking out the Derek Diamond Experience. But before we get started, I have a quick question for you. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out Atomics, the EP from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, featuring the vocals of Mr. Joey Trincalli. It has three tracks, including their single Tomorrow's Plan, which happens to be the theme song of this very podcast. This EP is unlike anything the Unicorn Wranglers have done before. So support local music and check out Atomics, which is available now on iTunes and Spotify for only $2.97. You can also follow the Unicorn Wranglers on social media. They're on Facebook and also on Twitter and Instagram at URanglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 98 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your day. Hopefully you enjoyed the fantastic interview I had last week with Memphis wrestling legend Lance Russell. And if you haven't heard it, I highly suggest you do so because getting to talk with someone who was involved in the wrestling industry, an industry I've followed since I was 12 years old, uh, it was a really cool experience and just getting to pick his brain and Hearing what the industry was like back in the 70s and even early 80s was really cool. And I thought I'd continue the conversation about wrestling this week uh, by previewing Wrestlemania. Wrestlemania is one of the premier shows. Uh, A lot of people don't look at wrestling as sport. I say it's one of the premier events uh, of the year. Wrestlemania is always something big. It's the Super Bowl of wrestling of the WWE And granted, wrestling hasn't been as interesting as it has been since, you know, the late 90s or the early 2000s or even the mid-2000s. WrestleMania is still always a big deal. And I'm really excited uh, to see it. I'm interested to see what happens. I think that a lot of good can come out of WrestleMania. I think they could go in a lot of positive directions. And it's going to be interesting because a lot of the top names are hurt. Uh, John Cena, who's been the face of the WWE for a decade... Had to have rotator cuff surgery. He's out. Seth Rollins tore his knee back in November. He's out. The Rock's not going to wrestle because of the insurance with his film that he's working on currently. Stone Cold has been retired for many, many years. And there's no real like legends coming out of retirement for WrestleMania. There is one return that we'll get to uh, here in just a bit. But uh, WrestleMania has always been a big deal to me. I've always looked forward to it ever since I started watching wrestling. I still keep up with it. You know, I keep up. I look forward to WrestleMania just as much as really like the Super Bowl. I look forward to it more than still say like the NBA Finals or uh, the NCAA Basketball Championship. WrestleMania has always been a big deal to me. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to be watching it, and I hope that a lot of good comes out of it. But what we're going to do is I'm going to go through the entire WrestleMania card from the kickoff show to the main event. I'm going to give my predictions on what I think will happen, what I think should happen, uh, possibly some surprises, some things that I think could happen, not just with the result but during the match. Uh, So we're going to start with the third annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and this is on the uh, kickoff show, which will be on USA Network. And I think this is a really cool concept. Andre the Giant was known for being undefeated in battle royals. No one could throw him over the top rope because he was so much bigger than everyone else. But some of the confirmed participants, and this isn't everybody, but the ones that have been confirmed according to WWE.com, there's Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, Adam Rose, Bo Dallas, Big Show, Kane, Tyler Breeze, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, Fandango, Damian Sandow, Darren Young, Connor, Victor, Goldust, and R-Truth. And there is one name that I've noticed is not here, and it's who I would pick to win if I knew they were going to be in it, and that would be Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is one of my favorite characters, even though he's been mishandled horribly in WWE. I love those darker characters. He's like a new Undertaker in a way, but he loses every feud he's in. So it's tough to take him seriously when he's supposed to be this dark character that you're supposed to be afraid of, but he loses all the time. So I think if he were in this battle royal and he were to win it, I think that would be the start of maybe gaining some of that momentum back. So I'll say if he's in it, that's my pick. If he's not, uh, going off of these names, it's really hard to pick someone Um, I'm going to go with Kane just because he's a legend and I don't think he's going to be wrestling that much longer. So maybe one last little bit of recognition uh, for the Big Red Machine would be really cool. So I'm going to say if Bray Wyatt's in it, I'm going to pick him. If not, I will pick Kane. Uh, The second match on the WrestleMania kickoff show is the Usos versus the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. You could make the argument that they are the greatest because of the sheer number of championships they've won. And they were successful, highly successful even, in both WWE and ECW, which is two of the big three uh, wrestling promotions. And they're facing the Usos, who are the twin sons of Rikishi and also uh, Pensacola, Florida natives. I've actually had a little bit of interaction with the Usos. They were here... uh, Two years ago at the Wahoo Stadium, we had a WWE night and they threw out a first pitch and had a meet and greet, signed autographs with the fans, and they were really, really nice guys, and they really got the crowd into it, and you could tell that they genuinely loved to be there. So I've always had a soft spot for the Usos since then, but I do think regardless of that, the Usos are going to win just because they're the up-and-coming tag team and the Dudley boys are already established. I mean, a loss to the Usos isn't going to hurt the Dudley boys, who are going to go in the Hall of Fame one day. So I'm going to take the Usos to win. Hopefully that'll be an entertaining match. They're both good tag teams. So I think that it will be a, uh, an entertaining match. The final match for the WrestleMania kickoff show is a 10-Diva tag team match. And that would be Team Total Divas, which consists of Paige, Brie Bella, Natalya, Alicia Fox, and Eva Marie against Team Bad and Blonde which is Lana, Naomi, Tamina, Summer Rae, and Emma. I have no interest in this match whatsoever. I mean, I'm going to pick the Total Divas team to win just because I think Brie Bella is going to retire after this match because her real-life husband, Daniel Bryan, who was one of the most popular wrestlers in the last couple of years, had to retire because of problems with concussions. And there are rumors going around that he's either having more health issues or he might even be dealing with depression. Because not only you know did he have to retire, but he lost his father a year ago. So you can imagine you know, losing one of your parents and then having your livelihood taken away from you. It's got to be a lot uh, to handle emotionally. So I think that Team Total Divas will win uh, solely because of that. I know I don't care for Paige. I think she is... Uh, Not a good person. Uh, I mean, she's good in the ring, but from what I've seen of her on Total Divas and what I've read in other interviews, I don't really care for her. Uh, Natalia, I think, is great, even though she's a little over the hill as far as Divas go, but she's still really good in the ring. Um, I just think they're going to win, so uh, put me down for Team Total Divas to beat Bad and Blonde. And now we'll move on to... The show itself, the show of shows, WrestleMania 32. First match we're going to talk about is Chris Jericho, Y2J, the best in the world at what he does, whatever he's calling himself this week, against the phenomenal one, Mr. AJ Styles, who after wrestling for TNA for so many years is finally in the WWE. He made his debut at the Royal Rumble. He had a great reaction, which made me happy. And he's finally getting to wrestle at a WrestleMania And to me, there's no better opponent for him than Chris Jericho. Jericho is a veteran. He's great. I could sing his praises all day. I mean, he's someone who, to me, is like top three most underrated wrestlers of all time. And someone who, as soon as he retires, should be put in the Hall of Fame. Because someone who established himself as a flamboyant, over-the-top, really loud and outgoing personality. To come back after taking a hiatus for two to three years, reinventing yourself, cutting your hair, wearing suits, being soft-spoken, just being a completely different type of person and being very evil was really great to see, and someone who has the ability to do that, to me, is just... He's an unbelievable performer. I could sing Chris Jericho's praises all day long. And that being said, I think he's going to lose to AJ Styles, because Jericho is already established... He has really nothing else to prove. I mean, he's still wrestling because he wants to put over the younger talent, which I give him all the credit in the world for doing. But AJ Styles uh, has only been in the WWE for a couple of months. His stock is rising. His star is rising. Jericho is obviously on the back end of his career. So I think this match is going to be very, very good. Uh, Their matches on Raw and on previous pay-per-views have been great, so... I expect nothing less from this. I think they're actually going to take it up a notch because it is WrestleMania. It's going to be really fun. I think it could be a Dark Horse candidate for Match of the Night. But put me down for taking the Phenomenal One over Y2J. Next up, we have a 4-on-3 handicap match, which is the New Day versus the League of Nations. And I don't even have to think about this one. I'm taking the New Day because they're actually relevant and the League of Nations is not. Uh, Rusev's stock has fallen drastically since his feud with John Cena a year ago. Wade Barrett's leaving the company in June, so obviously he's not going to do anything major. And Alberto Del Rio, um, I was kind of excited when he came back to WWE because I thought that he did really well in the Lucha Underground promotion. But he's really done nothing since he's come back to WWE. I mean, he won the U.S. title and then lost it to Callisto, and that's really been about it. So I think the New Day, their stock is rising, they're relevant, they're one of the handful of people who actually get a legitimate reaction from the crowd, so I think they would be dumb to put the League of Nations over. So I'm going to take the New Day uh, to beat the League of Nations, and hopefully it'll be an entertaining match. Next up we have the United States Championship. Callisto, who is the champion, will be defending against the big guy Ryback. I'm going to take Ryback in this one because I think it would be kind of a... I mean, I know with wrestling, you kind of have to suspend your disbelief because it's really like theater. It is a predetermined sport. But I just don't think that Ryback would be able to take the hit in credibility if he were to lose to someone who is literally half his size. And I think Ryback has improved a lot. In the ring, I actually wasn't a fan of him in the beginning. I like, I like the whole feed me more thing, but in the ring, he wasn't really that great, but he has improved a lot, and I think that he could benefit from a nice championship run uh, with the U.S. title. So I say this is going to be, I, I don't want to say it's a dud because I don't want to be that negative, but I think this will be the shortest match. I, th- I think it'll be like five to seven minutes at the most. And I think Ryback will beat Callisto, and he will be your new WWE United States Champion. And speaking of championships, we've got another championship match. This is a triple threat for the WWE Divas Championship. Champion Charlotte, who is the real-life daughter of the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, woo, against Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, who have both come up recently from the NXT roster which is their developmental territory based out of Florida. And they're both really good. Uh, They're both great in the ring, uh, very fun to watch. They're part of this, I guess, new divas movement. Though I hate using that term, but they're like a new generation of women's wrestler who are, yes, very attractive, but they can also wrestle really well too. And I don't think I have to remind anyone who was watching WWE in the mid to late 2000s about the... uh, The bra and panties matches and when women were really eye candy and didn't do anything in the ring. But that being said, uh, I think this match could surprise a lot of people because they're both, or really all three of them, excuse me, all three of them are very good in the ring. Um, I'm going to take Charlotte to retain just because she hasn't been champion for that long and I would like to see her have it for a little bit longer, maybe a few more months And then she'll go on to feud with either Becky Lynch one-on-one or Sasha Banks one-on-one after this match. So I think she'll cheat to win because uh, she's going to take a lesson out of her dad's playbook and she's going to do whatever it takes to keep her championship. So I'm going to take Charlotte to beat Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and still be the WWE Divas Champion. Next up is a match that I think will-be match of the night, and that would be a seven-man ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Champion Kevin Owens defending against Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, Stardust, Sin Cara, and Zack Ryder. And I know I mentioned a second ago I didn't want to be too negative, but I have to be blunt when I say this. I have no idea why Zack Ryder and Sin Cara are on WrestleMania. I mean, they can be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, that's fine, but... I think they're taking two spots of people who deserve it maybe a little bit more. Like if Bray Wyatt isn't on WrestleMania, that's really going to be a travesty. And really what I would have done is I would have had maybe a four- or a five-person ladder match for this championship. Still keep Owens, Zayn, Ziggler, and The Miz but I really thought that Stardust was going to fight Steven Emile at WrestleMania because they've teased it for the last couple of months ever since Emile won that Slammy and Stardust stole it. He even went to a convention and they had a little bit of a confrontation. They had a Twitter war, uh, stuff on Facebook, and I was like, okay, well, they're leading to Emile versus Stardust at WrestleMania maybe do like an Arrow versus you know, a villain type thing. I thought it would have been great if he came out in the full arrow get up and came out on a zip line from the roof and landing in the ring. That would have been sick. I can just imagine, you know, the lights going down and then you just hear Emil in the arrow voice and he says, Stardust, you have failed this city. That would I would have geeked out if that had happened. I mean, yeah, he's a celebrity and he's only wrestled one match, but I know he's a legitimate fan and if someone is truly passionate about that, and they want to do it, and they have the means to do it on a physical and mental level, then why not? I mean, people will tune in just to see that. So that's what I would have done, uh, but that's obviously not what happened. Um, I think Kevin Owens is going to keep the championship here. Like I said with Charlotte, he hasn't been champion that long, and I'd like him to have a nice long run with that championship because when it comes to championships, I like it much better when the heel is the champion, and whoever the face is that they're feuding with is chasing after that title. To me, the chase is much more interesting than, you know, babyface champion and they're having feud after feud after feud throughout the year. Um, I like I like longer feuds, and I think that after this match, I think Kevin Owens is going to somehow screw Sami Zayn out of winning, and then those two will have a nice long rivalry through the summer for the Intercontinental Championship because they had a great feud back in NXT, and I think the typical WWE audience who watches Raw every week will enjoy that as well. So um, put me down for Kevin Owens to retain the Intercontinental Championship. In this ladder match. It should be a lot of fun. I mean ladder ladder matches are great. And they've got the right cast of people. To be able to do an entertaining one. So it should be really fun to watch. And speaking of fun. uh, The next match is a no holds barred street fight. The Lunatic Fringe. Dean Ambrose against the Beast Incarnate. The Mayor of Suplex City. Mr. Brock Lesnar. This match has me intrigued. In one of. In two ways. One to see who actually wins, because I would love to see Dean Ambrose actually win, and two, to see how they pull off a PG-era street fight, because they are so restricted on what they can do in the ring. And I know they've had the teases with Mick Foley giving Dean Ambrose the barbed wire baseball bat, Terry Funk giving him the chainsaw, but I just don't see him using any of those. Not with the PG-era and... Anytime there's blood, they have to stop the match and stitch the guy up and everything. And it's it really takes you out of the match itself. And I understand safety, but don't get me wrong. I mean, safety is absolutely the top priority, especially when you're doing something like that and you have a high risk of injury. But I still think it takes away from the suspending disbelief that you're supposed to do when you watch a wrestling show. So I think it could be entertaining. This is the one I'm very intrigued about. I do think it will be very physical. I would love to see Dean Ambrose win, but I think it's going to be one of those situations that he will win by losing. And when I say that, I go back to many WrestleManias ago, WrestleMania 13 to be exact, when Stone Cold Steve Austin fought Bret the Hitman Hart in a submission match. Bret Hart won because he made Stone Cold pass out due to the pain of the sharpshooter. And Austin didn't tap out. And during that match, the allegiance of the fans flipped. Going into that match, Austin was the bad guy and Bret Hart was the good guy. But Bret Hart started cheating a little bit and the fans just flipped. And from then on, Austin was a made man. He was—he went on to be the most popular wrestler of all time. Not saying that's going to happen to Dean Ambrose, but I think it's going to be a situation where, yeah, Lesnar will technically win, but Ambrose will have a really strong showing. He'll take Lesnar to the limit and I could see something like the night after WrestleMania Paul Heyman really puts over Dean Ambrose. Which let me say something about Paul Heyman. He is easily the best talker in wrestling right now. Like there's no one that's on his level right now. Anytime I see him, I picture, you know, him saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman and all that kind of stuff" and him going, "Brock Lesnar is just is so cool and it's something that a lot of wrestlers can you know, take notes on because he is schooling everyone in promos. He has been over the last two to three years, ever since he came back uh, with Lesnar. But back to the match itself, I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar to win, though I would love to see Dean Ambrose take it. And next up, we have, uh, in my mind, what should be the main event of WrestleMania, and that is the Hell in a Cell match, Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, If Shane wins, he gains complete control of Monday Night Raw, and The Undertaker will no longer compete at WrestleMania. This is the hardest match to pick. Myself, like a lot of other people, I went nuts when Shane McMahon returned because it was something you truly didn't expect. There's not a lot of surprises in wrestling anymore, so I think that that happening just provided a little bit of a spark. But it's kind of an odd situation to be in. Like, you don't picture Shane McMahon wrestling The Undertaker, of all people, and in Hell in a Cell. I mean, Shane's known for taking the huge bumps. I remember him getting, you know, knocked off the Titantron, getting destroyed by Kane a few years ago. So, I know that he's going to do some type of crazy stunt. I mean, he sort of did it on Raw this past Monday when he dove off the top rope and uh, hit the elbow on The Undertaker through the announce table. And the fans are going nuts, going, you still got it, you still got it. So, I don't know. This one is really hard to predict. Like, I would love to see Shane win, just because it's the possibility of change in the WWE. And he's even mentioned it in promos, which has made this feud kind of interesting, because he's mentioned that, yeah, the company is stale. The ratings are tanking. The stocks are tanking. No one's as interested anymore. That's actually true. So I thought it was interesting that they would bring that up on television. And I'm thinking, well, they wouldn't have brought it up if they weren't going to do something about it. But on the other hand, in a realistic standpoint, the whole suspending disbelief, I can't picture Shane McMahon beating The Undertaker. And yeah, The Undertaker is in the twilight of his career. If you want my honest opinion, he should have retired Uh, several years, well not several, but maybe three or four years ago, when he was wrestling Shawn Michaels and Triple H, he was still putting on good matches. But that's a whole other fantasy booking thing that I can get into uh, some other time. But I want Shane to win, and it's weird saying that because I love The Undertaker. But I'm going to pick The Undertaker to win just because I don't see Shane McMahon sticking around for the long haul. After WrestleMania, I think he's going to lose. And this is kind of a, oh, you know, one last little moment for Shane to shine. And he hasn't been around for in in several years. So I I think this is just one of those, you know, special WrestleMania moments is getting to see him do some crazy stuff one more time, but I'm going to take the undertaker to win. Um, I think a lot of crazy stuff could possibly happen. I think we'll have some interference uh, by some legends Maybe uh, Shawn Michaels, or well not Shawn Michaels, but someone, like some type of legend I think will interfere in this match. I don't know who. I don't think it'll be The Rock or Austin, which I'll get to them in a second. But um, I think through some type of interference or crazy finish, I think The Undertaker will end up coming out on top and he will beat Shane McMahon. And plus, I don't think that anybody besides Brock Lesnar should have the notoriety of beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania, like when he retires of, say, this is Undertaker's last match, then he would be 23-1, and one. and to me, that one should always be Brock Lesnar, because if it's someone else, then you take away the speciality of it, but that's just my opinion, and then moving on to the main event, which is kind of crazy to say, because I think out of all these matches, it's the one I have the least amount of interest in, and that would be Champion Triple H, defending the World Heavyweight Championship against everyone's favorite lightning rod of recent controversy, Mr. Roman Reigns, and fellow Pensacola native, I might add. Um, This match, I don't know if it's going to be any good. I think it will be, just because I don't think Triple H will let himself be in a bad match. But I think Roman Reigns has to win. And I'll go ahead and get to one of the discussion points uh, that Josh Gay brought up on the Facebook page. And that's what to do with Pensacola native Roman Reigns and being that he's been in the heavyweight title picture for the last year. They've tried to push him as the next top good guy, the next John Cena, basically. They've given him the John Cena spot but it hasn't gone over well at all. People are booing him like crazy, especially when they go to Brooklyn, Chicago, Boston. Like, they're, they're big-time markets. People don't like Roman Reigns there. So what I think they have to do is take a little page out of something that happened with the cousin of Roman Reigns. His cousin was a wrestler uh, back in the mid-'90s. He made his debut at the Survivor Series, and he debuted as... Your typical cookie-cutter good guy, where he would smile, high-five the fans, constantly want cheers, and people were just tired of it. I mean, it was moving into the Attitude Era. People didn't like the Hulk Hogan type of good guy. So what he did was he reinvented himself and went on to become the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. And of course, I'm referring to The Rock. I'm not saying that if this happened with Roman that he would be as successful as The Rock, But I think what has to happen is he has to win the championship from Triple H. He's going to get booed. There's no denying that. But he comes out on Raw the night after and actually acknowledges that the crowd has been booing him even though he's fought his ass off to get back in the championship picture and get the title back. But the fans still don't appreciate him. So then he turns heel, has a nice long heel run with the championship, And through that, he can improve as a worker, improve as a promo cutter. And I think the fans will like him more in the long run if they turn him heel. It has to happen. It's been proven that if they just keep going the route that they do, then people are just going to leave. So I think Roman will win the championship. I think he has to because Triple H's time as champion has come and gone. He doesn't need to be champion anymore. I mean, he's bigger than the championship. He's an executive in the company now. He's an on-air character as the chief operating officer, I believe. So that's what I would do. I would have Roman Reigns win the championship and then turn heel on Raw the next night. I don't think The Rock is going to interfere uh, in this match, which kind of going into that, uh, one of the talking points that uh, a friend of the show, Adam Gumbert, left is uh, what would I like to see happen at WrestleMania with maybe some surprises? And surprises um, could be a lot of things. I mean, The Rock has been confirmed to be at WrestleMania. It's in Texas, so to me there's no way that Stone Cold won't be there. Uh, John Cena will be there even though he won't be in a wrestling capacity. I hope that Seth Rollins makes some type of cameo because he really grew on me his last month or so before he got hurt because... He was a great heel, and he was a really, really good wrestler as far as in the ring goes. And I didn't think he was the most deserving as champion, but he really showed me that he is a main event wrestler. Uh, Just by all the matches that he's done, uh, constant five-star performances, he's really exciting to watch. And he even got better uh, cutting promos, even though his voice is a little annoying, but uh, I digress, but... Um, As far as surprises go, I would love to see some type of in-ring segment similar to what they did at WrestleMania 30 with Hogan, Rock, and Austin, but have Austin, Rock, and Cena, because the three of them have never been on camera together before, and at least to my knowledge, Cena and Austin have not had really any interaction at all uh, on camera anyway, so I think that would be a really cool moment. Maybe something with Daniel Bryan, even though I really don't think that he's going to be there because, as I mentioned earlier, he's going through more health issues. Um, I would just like to see something different. Maybe something that you're not expecting. Like I can't really think of any legend off the top of my head that hasn't been around in a while. But maybe just a cool cameo. I mean, I like seeing all the legends. I think there will be some legends run in, as I said, during the Taker-Shane match. But just I just want to see a good show because with Cena, Rollins, Randy Orton, and so many people hurt, this is a big opportunity for some of the younger guys to say, hey, I belong in this spot. I belong on the roster. So it'll be interesting for sure. I know a lot of people don't have high expectations for this WrestleMania, and that's why I think that it might actually surprise uh, surprise a lot of people. So... We'll have to see, but I I would love to see some type of in-ring segment with Austin, Rock, and Cena. And Adam also asks uh, some of my favorite WrestleMania moments. There are so many, and I know I'm going to leave some of them off. But um, WrestleMania 13, as I mentioned earlier, with Austin and Bret Hart, the turning point of Austin, who is you know my all-time favorite wrestler, and Seeing him make that transition from heel to babyface and then become the most popular wrestler of all time, um, his final match at WrestleMania 19 against The Rock, which a lot of people say that their Mania 17 match was the best. I actually think the 19 one was more entertaining because they used each other's finishing moves and there were constant you know false finishes and everything. And it was just, it was to me like it was one of The Rock's last big matches like in his prime. And it was Austin's last match, period. So getting to see, you know, that feud close out uh, was really cool. Uh, A couple that are kind of biased because I was actually there. uh, WrestleMania 24, seeing Ric Flair's last WWE match against Shawn Michaels. And everyone really knowing that that was going to be it. But still seeing that moment when Flair's getting up. Shawn just looks at him and says, I'm sorry. I love you hits him with the sweet chin music and pins him one, two, three for the win. And that's it for Flair's career. That was just really emotional. Like you could hear a pin drop in that arena because people love and respect Ric Flair because he's, he personifies wrestling. And I've mentioned this. uh, If you watch the uh, Nerd Cave Network's top five champions video, when I think of a champion in wrestling, the first person that comes to my mind is Ric Flair. Because, one, he won it so many times, and two, because he always carried himself like a champion. And getting to see, you know, his last WWE match, uh, getting to see him inducted in the Hall of Fame the night before, uh, seeing The Rock there, he inducted uh, his dad and his grandfather, and that was the first thing he had done with wrestling in four years. So no one you know, really knew how that was going to go. As far as recent memories go, I got to go with WrestleMania 30, uh, the streak ending, and that's something that genuinely shocked me. I did not think that was ever going to happen. And when that happened, I was like that guy in the front row who had his eyes, they were as big as headlights, and I just sat there and I was like, oh my God, they actually did it. And no one was expecting it. I will give them that. I will say, I think that in the long run, ending it was a bad idea because you took away what has become WrestleMania's biggest selling point. Because the past several years, it hasn't been the championship, which I mean, it should be, but it's always been, or not always been, but it's been in recent memories. Who's the Undertaker going to fight? Who's going to try and break the streak? At least that's what I always look forward to. But unfortunately, uh, we can't go back and change that. It has happened. It was a very shocking moment, though. As far as most shocking WrestleMania moments, that's got to be, if not number one, it's got to be in the top three. And seeing uh, Daniel Bryan on that same WrestleMania win the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, being one of the few guys in recent memory who made it to that spot because the crowd fought and fought and fought and they cheered him like crazy, and it pretty much forced WWE to put him in that spot, and he deserved it because he busted his ass for so many years. But like I said, there are so many WrestleMania moments. I know I'm missing several, but um, I'll have to think about that, and uh, I'll answer that question probably in further detail of ones that I've left out uh, on the Facebook page. And then the last question comes from Lauren Strickland. The best ring entrance still to this day to me is The Undertaker. Who else has a good ring entrance? And I will say that uh, Undertaker's is the best, in my opinion. Uh, Just, you know, when you hear the gong and then you hear the thunder and the lightning, you know what's going to happen, and he just makes that long walk to the ring. And just the music, the lighting, the smoke and everything, it's really a spectacle. And he easily has the best entrance. Um, Another one is the Ultimate Warrior, just because of the the fire and the intensity that he had. He ran out to the ring and you hear the guitar. And just the music, the running, the emotion, just like the raw emotion in that entrance was really cool. And one that's really underrated, I think, uh, was The Brood. And they were a three-person tag team back in the Attitude Era. It was Edge, Christian, and Gangrel. They had the what sounds like a goth club type Entrance music, which is really popular. I think the New Jersey Devils still play that whenever they come out on the ice. But they would come up, you know, from the stage out of a ring of fire. The red lighting and everything was just really cool. There are so many uh, great entrances, and like I said, with WrestleMania moments, I'm sure there are several that I'm leaving off. But uh, entrances are great. I mean, some of those wrestlers, they're they're key to their character, and I think you know the Undertaker is a prime example of that. And that does it for uh, this WrestleMania preview slash uh, Q&A. So thank you to everyone who submitted comments, submitted questions. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Um, I do have uh, an idea that I'm going to do during the summer for a wrestling-related episode of the show. Uh, So definitely stay tuned for that, and we'll come back next week with uh, the results, and we'll see how I did as far as predictions goes. And we will have a guest next week. She is a local actress, uh, someone who I've looked forward to interviewing uh, for quite a while now. Uh, Her name is Dawn Hamill. She was in Three-Headed Shark Attack, which was filmed locally here in Pensacola. She's been in a lot of other projects, but something that I think you guys will be interested in hearing is that she was an extra in Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, and she actually tells a couple of stories from the set. So you'll definitely want to check out next week's show, with actress Dawn Hamill. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond and follow the show at DDE underscore podcast. And that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.